Well, this is nice. Hi. We are family. Amen? Haven't met you before. Some of you I have, but most of you I haven't. But uh, we are one in Christ Jesus. Do you love your family? That's a good thing. I'm here with my lovely wife, Heather. And um, we have three children, five grandchildren. And we, we live in Wasega Beach, which is heaven on earth. <laughs> Longest freshwater beach in the world. So we have beach ministry, which is lots of fun. Well, this morning, I just want to talk about something that I'm always amazed about, and that is forgiveness. I, you know why I'm really amazed? is because you and I are here because of forgiveness. And it, it is not just something that we receive, it is something that we are to then freely give. We're actually... Colossians says we're to forgive as we have been forgiven. In other words, in, the, in exactly the same way that we have been forgiven, we are then required to pass that on to other people. How many have found that easy? You know, Jesus said that offenses will come. That's a guarantee. You're going to be offended. I'm going to be offended. Hopefully we won't offend each other. But have you noticed how some people are so easily offended? You know, it's just like they're a time bomb waiting to go off. And the reason for that is that they have not forgiven others. So you just come along and you push their button. And it's like, Man, you got, you got offended at that? You should hear what happened to me. <laughs> you know, you got offended by what somebody else said about you? You didn't hear them say it? Just heard through somebody else? That's, that's being easily offended. So in the world, we just, we just see it on social media. We see it on the news. We, we, we see it, you know, in politics. How, how there's just this constant banter of people being offended and, and spreading the offense. And <clears throat> we are in this world, but we are not of this world. Jesus said in John 18.36, he said, My kingdom is from another place. And the word kingdom means government. It is, it is the ways of God. So the ways of God in heaven is, is you know, just, it's, it's all forgiven, isn't it? All your sins were forgiven for all your life through one sacrifice. The sins you committed before you were a Christian, the sins you commit after you're a Christian, the sins that you've committed today, tomorrow, for the rest of your life, you're covered. Isn't that amazing? 
And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, we are called ambassadors of reconciliation. And if, and if you want to have a ministry, your first qualifying ministry is reconciliation. There is no ministry of the Holy Spirit that can happen through you without you forgiving the way you have been forgiven. But the enemy, the devil, if you notice, he, he doesn't take time out. And, you know, I think sometimes we, we forget we're in this, this war. And, and it's the war between, you know, bitterness and forgiveness. And once you, you get offended, it's so easy for, a, a, for bitterness to take root, isn't it? Have you noticed how quickly your heart can harden? When you get offended at someone, and you begin to think about that, and, you know, it's, it's like a seed goes into your heart, and it grows deep roots very quickly. And it, and it creates in us a heart of stone. And, you know, you can meet Christians who've been Christians for years, but, you know, especially when you give them a hug, it's like hugging a board. Because they have a heart of stone. The ministry of Jesus is a ministry of unconditional love. Isn't it? And he said, you know, you can speak in the tongues of angels, you, you can have faith to move mountains, you can give all your money to the poor, but if you have not love, it is nothing. That is zip, zero. You're wasting your time doing these things if it doesn't come from love. And I was saying last night, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> We have a wellspring of life within us, don't we? And how many have had times when that, that spring has got, you know, shut down? And, and no longer is, it, is this fountain coming forth. You know, you're, you're speaking words, but there's no life in them. You're, as Jesus rebuked the Pharisees, he said, you know, you give me lip service, your worship is in vain. My words, Jesus said, are spirit and they are life. And so when, when my heart is free from unforgiveness, free of bitterness, that wellspring of life is just going to come forth. And whoever I'm around is going to feel loved. You know, we're, we're either growing in love or we're growing in fear. And it is only perfect love that casts out fear. So, I need to be receiving love. I need, that needs to be an increasing thing in my life. And so, you know, that, that is the qualification for ministry. I said last night, you know, everybody wants to see the power of God. We, we want to go out there and do signs and wonders. We want to see signs and wonders in here. 
You know, we want to see what happened to Daniel happen to every person we pray for. Hello? <laughs> Disease canceled. But the qualification is love. Because you can do all these things. If you have not love, it is nothing. And you know, I found out in my life, if, if the devil can't stop me, he tries to push me too far. And get me caught up in the tyranny of the urgent. And there's just so many things you could be doing. And here's the guilt trip. There's so many things you should be doing. <laughs> you call yourself a Christian. You should be giving your money to the poor. You should be, you know, out there with faith to move mountains. And so we're in this warfare where the devil wants to get us out of the love of the Father and into this striving to prove we're worthy to be loved. But only Jesus made you worthy to be loved. Only Jesus made you worthy to be loved. And so you are a hundred percent qualified by accepting Jesus as your Savior to be loved by the Father. And let me tell you, He wants to love you to death. He wants to love you to the end of yourself. He wants to love you so much that you wouldn't entertain the thought of being offended. That you, you would... <laughs> That you, your, your default would be forgiveness. That you would be so aware of the devil's schemes. You know, we're, we're so blind to the devil's schemes sometimes. We don't see it coming. It's like we get blindsided. Because, you know, only love gives you discernment. Only love enables you to, to see where that person's coming from. Love is the purification that I can see things as they truly are. So we don't want to get caught up in the devil's schemes. And yet every, every time I talk about forgiveness, there are usually a lot of people that come forward. Because I will say this, and I'll say this today. If someone was to walk through that door from your past, would you want to run out that door? Or could the Father use you as an instrument of his love? You know, it's one thing to forgive someone and say, I never want to see them again. Hello? But if they were to walk through that door today, what would come up in your heart? The offense of the past. Or could the Father use you as an instrument of his love and compassion and forgiveness towards that person. Could you be the one who actually wins them to Jesus? Whoa. Can you think of some of those people in your past? <clears throat> wow. You know, behind me, there's a trail of blood. 
there's a trail of people that the devil has used to try to take me out. If you go after the love of God, you will be persecuted. <laughs> you, you, will, you will be tested so many times to keep your heart, to keep that wellspring of life flowing. Not be offended. You know, when Jesus hung on the cross, he, he didn't say this. He didn't say, Father, kill them all. I want revenge. Bring the army of heaven. Smoke them. He said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they're doing. Man, when you're full of unforgiveness and bitterness, you are so, you have so deceived yourself. Have you noticed? It, it just distorts the way you see people. You, you're suspicious of people. You don't trust people. You know, we, we live our lives like the lone strangers. You know, I come to church. I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to get to know anybody. I just want to sit on the back and mind my own business. That's not what Jesus died for. Hello? And he tells us in 2 Corinthians 5 that we are his ambassadors. We represent the kingdom of heaven. We're to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. How will you know they're Christians? By the scriptures they can quote? You know they are Christians by their love. And you know, if, if the love of God is the most important thing, you can be sure that's where the devil is focusing his attack in your life. He wants you to get offended. He wants you to, you know, let that root of bitterness grow in your heart so that your worship to God is in vain. You're just giving lip service. The worship that we are to worship God with is from the heart. I am to love the Lord my God with all my heart. In other words, there's no room for bitterness. There's no room for unforgiveness. There's no room for self-protection. I'm going to live my life that's lone strangers. <laughs> I'm going to live my life open-hearted. I'm going to let people get to know me. I'm, I'm going to be in communion with them. I'm going to have community. You know, we're all longing for community. We want connection at a heart-to-heart -heart level. That's what we're born for, especially as a Christian. In, in, in your heart, there is a deep need to be connected spiritually. With your family. But you can live your whole Christian life. Like no trespassing. You know I shake hands. I never hug. I keep everybody at a distance. Because I don't trust people. I remember what somebody else did to me. When I trusted them. You know what? There's an old eagle song. 
Get over it. Get over it. Don't be a, a victim of somebody else's abuse. If, if you are still hanging on to something in the past, you are a victim of that person's abuse. And, and you can, you know, victims, they just love to talk about self-pity. Nobody's had it as bad as me. I justify my hard heart because look what happened to me. Get over it. Get over it. And you might think, how do I get over it? There's only one way. Humble yourself before the Lord. God, I can't change my heart, but I can let that person go. That's what forgiveness means. Let them go. I let go of the offense. I roll the stone away from the tomb. Because bitterness puts you in a prison. Bitterness puts you in, a, in the place of self-protection. And, and your goal in life is to not let anybody in to get to know you. And lots of people just go from church to church to church, blaming that last church. Because nobody was close to me. But I'm just like this. I got an invisible rejection. And people who are victims, they often will reject others in, in self-protection. I reject you before you can reject me. That is the devil's kingdom. That is the ways of God. And he wants to deceive us by his evil schemes. So that we will never be vulnerable. We will never open our hearts. We will never connect with each other. You know where I see the deepest connection in the church? Is in the persecuted church. Where we, we have to rely on each other. And you know, if you become a Christian in China, your, your, <laughs> your life is at stake if that gets found out. So who are you going to trust? Who are you going to witness to? You're going to have to be led by the Holy Spirit. You know, behind me, as I said, behind my wife and I, there are many people who have, who have wounded us, betrayed us, and cost a lot of money. Falsely accused us. Went through a seven-year lawsuit. Falsely accused. Cost thousands of dollars. And at the end of that seven years, the Father challenged me to forgive to take the low place so he could take the high place. We defeat the high places. And if you look through judges, you look through the, the kings, it was only the kings who tore down the high places, had success. And if you don't tear down the high places in your life of unforgiveness and bitterness and, 
holding things against other people. It doesn't matter how, if you speak in tongues and you give your money to the poor, it is nothing. It is a waste of time. We want to represent the kingdom of heaven. I wish I could tell you that every time I've been offended, I've quickly forgiven. <laughs> Not. Over that seven-year lawsuit, oh. You know, what, you know what the problem with the living sacrifice is? Keeps crawling off the altar. I would forgive this person until I got the next letter in the mail from their lawyer. And they were sticking the knife in a little deeper. And, and at the end of that seven years, you know, you might think, why would something like that happen? You see, before that all started, and that's just one of several things that have happened. Before that all started, if you would have asked me do I have any offenses? <laughs> have I forgiven everybody in my past? Am I free of offense? I would have said, yeah, I am. <sighs> until the next test. You know, we think we know something until we're tested. We think we got that one down, you know. And then we get blindsided. You know, we got sued by brothers and sisters. People that are loved by God the same as we are. <laughs> God, you love them, but I want to kill them, you know. <clears throat> and it, it, you know, just because they were Christians, it, it made it even worse. I'd expect that from the world. But what about somebody who, you know, you've poured your heart into? Somebody who you trusted? Somebody who you never saw it coming and they betrayed you? Wow. That, that kind of stuff can knock people right out. Take you out of the picture for years. I was in New Jersey a while back, and there was a woman there. Her name was Marina. And I had been at this church a couple of times before, and I don't, I don't speak on forgiveness every time. But in this particular church, the two times before, I had spoken on forgiveness. I, I didn't remember that. But she comes up and she says... You know, each time you've spoken on forgiveness, I've been so convicted. And I, I've been just so aware that my heart is hard towards that person. And, you know, I, I forgive them in those services. I, I forgive them. But then it comes back. You know, you kick the devil out. By, by forgiving someone, guess what? He wants back in. He wants to bring some growlies with them. <laughs> you can forgive someone one time 
And the, the same thing may happen through somebody else. And you could, you could, you know, not just take the offense that happened to one person, it's now double. Because you, you, you haven't got healed from the previous wound. Forgiveness doesn't heal us. Hello? Only God's love heals us. Forgiveness simply, simply opens the door to be healed. You know, when, when, when you're a cattle rancher out on the range, your, your, your cattle, you know, they're just roaming free. They're not fenced in. And sometimes they get injured. And, and you know, if, if, a, if a cow gets injured, let's say they scrape their, their leg on, on a piece of wood or a rock or something, what grows over that wound is called proud flesh. And unless that flesh is dug out, the infection will go right into the bone and kill that cow. And you know, we, we can have proud flesh. Oh, you know, Lord, I'm not like the rest of those people. <laughs> I'll never deny you. You know, I'm Peter. I'm, I'm you know, the number one guy here. <laughs> and the Lord says, you know, before the dawn, before the rooster crows, you will have denied me three times. That proud flesh, when I'm proud of, look what I've done. Look what I've been through. Look what God's done in my life. I'm your number one son. Until the next test. <laughs> Oops. But what's so, so amazing to me is Peter's the first one he goes to after he's raised from the dead to restore him. So forgiveness, you know, really... It, well, let me get back to this. If you have proud flesh, that flesh has to be cut out and the wound has to be cleansed before it can be healed. And so it's really our pride to forgive someone, isn't it? That we're not forgiving other people. It's pride. We're justifying, you know, our offense and our bitterness and our resentment because, gosh, you know, I'm a nice person. <laughs> why, is, why is everybody always picking on me? Have I got this target on my back, the sign on my forehead? You know, kick me. <clears throat> But forgiveness cleanses the wound so that healing can come. It cuts away the flesh, the proud flesh, the self-justification, the rationalizing. Well, of course I can, I, you know, I should be offended at them. Look what they did. You know, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. And here's the, here's the real big one. Forgiving yourself. Forgiving yourself. 
I've thought this through a lot, you know, when, when we don't forgive ourselves, what we're actually doing is trying to punish ourselves. When I, when I don't forgive you, I'm trying to punish you. That's called deception. That's what happens when we harbor offense. We go the way of the devil. I can punish you by hurting you the way you hurt me. I can punish you by giving you the silent treatment. I can punish you by never talking to you again. I know nobody in this room's ever done that, but you know, it happens in Wasega Beach sometimes. So so we we think, you know, if people sin, they need to be punished. If I sin, I need to be punished. But have you read Isaiah 54? The punishment that brought me peace was laid on him. The punishment that brought me peace. You know what peace is? The shalom? It is well-being. It's okay between me and him. There's well-being. Oh, there's nothing like having that peace, is there? You know, have you, have you been through this where, you know, you've, you've struggled to let somebody go? <laughs> you've struggled to really forgive from your heart. But when you do, when you surrender, when you truly let it go, oh, the peace. When I truly let that person go who sued my wife and I for that seven-year lawsuit, it was, it was two o'clock in the morning. We were in England. We were doing a conference there. I was talking to my lawyer in Vancouver. We were nine hours time difference. And he was all ready to fight the fight. And after seven years, I said to him, oh man, you're not going to like this. I'm going to forgive them and pay. He had, he had a fit. Slammed the phone down. Christian lawyer. <laughs> he wanted to fight. And the father said to me after this was all over, I'm like, Father, what was that all about? Forgiveness. It's easy to forgive those who forgive you. It's easy to forgive your friends, but forgiving your enemies, forgiving those who persecute you, insult you, talk behind your back, spread a rumor about you. Oh. It's easy to forgive those who forgive you, but forgiving those who mistreat you. Father, forgive them. I know they know not what they're doing. Wow, that just, that just changed everything on earth when Jesus hung on that cross. And he didn't say, smoke them. Kill them all. Father, forgive them. And he gave up his spirit. It is finished. Reconciliation has been accomplished. 
The grace of God is an amazing thing, isn't it? Because when I choose to obey God by forgiving those who sin against me, that's humbling myself. And that puts me in a position to receive an avalanche of grace. And you know, after that lawsuit, and we were both able to forgive from our hearts at 2 o'clock in the morning, we just burst out laughing. We, we got instantaneous joy. Because we could feel the Father's delight in us doing this from our hearts. I'd, I'd said I'd forgiven them many times, but I would take it back. The next letter, the knife goes in deeper. And after seven years of this, I'm saying to the Father, what, what was that all about? Forgiveness, son. You're an ambassador of reconciliation. That's your ministry. God is not counting man's sin against him. Jesus, John 3.17, didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. He came to save us from our stupidity. He came to save us from, you know, taking the stupid pill every morning. <laughs> Believing the schemes of the devil. Oh, what a savior. What a savior. And we have the privilege, we have the honor of representing his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. That, that you know, don't be surprised when people mistreat you. But the Father just might use you to set them free. Wow. Good friend of ours, coupled who passed her down in South Carolina, <clears throat> actually were Jack Frost's pastors, Roger and Pat Gosnell. They had a 17-year-old son, his name was Tad, who, you know, through his teenage years, kind of was the prodigal son. And yet, both of them had known from the day he was born, there was an incredible call on his life. But, you know, he got offended in church. I remember a school of ministry we had in Toronto, it had 14 pastor's kids. Just deeply offended people. And, and he was one of these kids. You know, I blame the church. It's not a safe place. Do you know the church should be the safest place where people can come and confess their sins and know they will be forgiven? Anyway, <clears throat> that's the look he's going for. <laughs> And their son, Tad, had, at 17 years old, come back to the Lord. And he wanted to go to Naval Academy. He wanted to be um, a fighter pilot on an aircraft carrier. And um, so he was working at a 7-Eleven. And at 6 o'clock one night, just before his shift ended... A gangbanger walked into that 7-Eleven and pulled a gun on Tad and shot him dead. 
And our friends, Roger and Pat, were called by the sheriff, who was a good friend of theirs. And, and the sheriff said to Roger, Roger, I have devastating news. He said, your son, Tad, has just been killed in a, in a, in a robbery. And, and, of course, Roger was in shock, as well as his wife, Pat. And just stunned. But Roger realized at that moment, there were two voices. And one voice was saying, revenge. And the other was saying, forgive. That as soon as he heard that news, he had to make the choice. I don't think there's anything worse that could happen to you. That you, you, you lose a child through being murdered. And <clears throat> Roger, with his wife, clung to forgiveness. And for the next two days, they were looking for this, this guy, and they finally caught him. He's 19 years old. And he was, he was trying to get initiated into a gang. And he had to shoot somebody in cold blood. And they caught him. And they, the sheriff called Roger and said, Roger, we, we've caught the person who did it. Roger's response was, I need to come down and talk to him. And the sheriff said, why would you want to talk to him? And Roger said, I need to tell him I have forgiven him. And the sheriff was just dumbfounded. And Roger went down to the courthouse and with the sheriff in the room and this young man sitting across the table from him in handcuffs, he reached out and he took his hands and he said, I'm the father of the son you just killed. And immediately this young man just broke into tears and started to weep and weep and weep and weep. He said, I was high on crack. I would never be able to do that in my right mind. I was completely stoned. You know, he just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Roger didn't legally adopt this young man but spiritually he adopted him and has been discipling him all these years. I was telling that story at a church in Seoul, Korea. And someone came up to me afterwards and said, had I heard about this famous evangelist in Korea, I can't remember his name, I couldn't pronounce it anyway. He said, a similar thing happened except he had two sons. And these, these terrorists from North Korea came and killed both of his sons. And this man was, was a pastor, he was an evangelist. And he too was able to forgive them when he heard the news from his heart. And God put such a, a, a compassion in his heart he actually chased these two men down who killed his sons. They were up in the hills living in a tent. 
and he chased them down. And he snuck into their tent in the middle of the night, and he woke them up. And he said, I'm the father of those two boys you just killed. And I'm not leaving this, this place until you tell me that you will become my sons. Guess what? He legally adopted both of them. And they are pastors in, in Seoul, Korea today. We represent a supernatural kingdom. And the greatest miracle that you could ever receive and the miracle that you could give away is forgiveness. That you don't get offended because none of us knows what's going to happen in the future. None of us knows, you know, hurting people hurt other people. People who are deceived by an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. People looking for revenge. People who are victims of other people's sin are, are, have a deceived heart. And they want to victimize people. And the way I can protect myself from being sucked into that is to make sure today I have nothing against anybody. That it, there's nobody that could walk through that door that I'd want to run out that door. But in actual fact, I could be an ambassador of reconciliation to that person. Oh. This couple who sued us <laughs> ended up coming to Toronto years later to a week we were doing on the Father Heart of God. And they didn't ask forgiveness. <laughs> they were still deceived. And oh my, what a test to our hearts. But I'm only here today because I passed that test. <clears throat> By the grace of God. In Hebrews 12 it says, don't miss the grace of God. Don't miss the grace that can come to you to help you to forgive and be healed. We are required to obey the truth, aren't we? But it's grace that makes the, the result of that truth. All I can do today is choose to forgive someone. I let them go. I'm not holding it, that against them. I'm, I'm letting them go. And it's grace then that heals my heart. And empowers me to get over it. To take the risk of relationship again. Amazing stuff. Powerful stuff. But just think about it. If what happened to Roger or that pastor in Korea happened to you. If that happened to you. Would you be able to get over it? Would you be, would, or would that just bury you? Would, 
Think about the worst possible thing that could happen to you. If it happened to you, what would happen to you? Would it take you out or would it press you in? See, it's really where my heart's at today. It's really that I've been practicing this. I've been, I've been, I haven't let offense come in. I haven't let roots of bitterness grow. I've, I've guarded my heart. It is the wellspring of life. But none of us knows what offense is going to come. We just know they're going to come. And let me tell you, the devil knows what could, where your weaknesses are. He knows, you know, what could happen that would, would leave you sort of in the balance. Either choose life or death. Prisons are full of people, full of unforgiveness. The last time we were in a maximum security prison, I remember I was walking out. You know what the Lord said to me? He said, you know what? You can be in prison and be free. Or you can be free out here, but in prison. Unforgiveness will put you in prison. Imprison your heart. So there's no life flowing. It shuts down the well, the wellspring. So thank you, Father, this morning that you enabled your son to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And because of that, Father, we are all benefactors. We are all people who have been forgiven and received forgiveness and have eternal life. Father, we thank you for that today. We thank you, Jesus, that you didn't save your life, but you gave your life away so that we could be free from the schemes of the devil. Abba, thank you, Daddy.